Chapter Ten of Geoffrey the Knight and the Fair Brunissande by Jean Bernard Marie Lafon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Giant. While the Archbishop preached beside the pond, Sir Geoffrey found himself with those two dames in a delicious land. Valley and plain, water and shady grove, city and castle, all was charming there before he well recovered his surprise the lovelier of his two companions said i now sir knight do hold you in my power perchance this time you'll not refuse to do the service which with tears i begged of you some three short days agone lady sir geoffrey wondering replied methinks i ne'er set eyes on you before i am that weeping dame who did entreat you to defend her rights against felon d'albarou a wicked wretch whom god confound this monster who doth not deserve the name of knight since he doth naught but plan most villain acts and set vile snares bears on his shoulders more the head of a horse or bull than that of living man his eyes are large as eggs his features horrible his lips are thick and black his fangs project from out his mouth which is itself huge as a leopard's jaw and against nature are his frightful shape distended body and misshapen legs tis not to fright you good my lord i draw this portrait of my foe your heart ne'er harboured fear but true it is he doth all men alarm so that his aspect at a distance seen doth scare away all such as would defend my cause as yet in fight invincible he hath despoiled my lands and all the country round but i my castle now have left to me and that to-morrow must be given up if god and you oppose not such decree but i would rather suffer torture death than fall into his power is all this true asked geoffrey yea lord by the faith since yours the right i'll battle with this foe but you have wronged me and fair brunisande hath certes her thoughts on death she said the lady fear not will not die and you will me have saved as thus discoursing they the castle reached a building strong surrounded by good walls with fosses cut from out the solid rock filled with a living stream geoffrey was there most grandly entertained by that fair lady's vassals and morn come when he had dressed and armour buckled on bathed well his face and hands and prayed to heaven to give him grace that day and strength to uphold the right of the oppressed he with humility attended mass and gave seven marks of silver when mass was done he to the terrace mounted with the dame and with her damsels and watched for felons coming short space elapsed during their stopping there he suffering in his heart for brunisson's just grief ere a bright band of knights appeared upon the plain lady he then inquired is this our foe tis he my lord with all his train he rides ahead of them let him then come and we will hear his cause felon came gently on bearing upon his fist a hawk most rare as it was beautiful it had a slender neck a large beak sharper than a razor's edge 
long wings a tail a palm at least in length a sinewy leg and strong and shapely foot just as he came beneath the castle walls felon perceived some hundred cranes all grouped about the grass of a small verdant close at once he loosed the hawk which flying off began to wheel about the grassy spot then rose up in the air to such vast height scarce could the eye detect his presence there some time elapsed then straightway down he shot and pounced upon the cranes with cries so dread that fluttering and hiding in the grass they let themselves by felon's men be caught without attempting to escape away when they had thus some dozens of them tain felon recalled the bird which on his fist again returned to perch by heaven quoth joffrey muttering half aloud that man possesses a right precious bird never was finer seen or one more staunch and could i win it and return above twould be a worthy present for the king you shall return full soon my gentle lord the lady smiling said and shall bear with you i have little doubt both felon's bird and arms during this time the giant had drawn near and when he stood before the castle bridge with all his strength he cried come down all you who there above do stand and with you bring along that idle jade whom i will make the servant of my squires my lord said geoffrey calmly in reply if you left here the jade whereof you speak pray you to point her out and none will strive such person to detain you know full well the meaning of my words give up the dame and castle as agreed all covenant is sacred so give up the dame but if you please my lord sir geoffrey said where is the right by which you claim such prize the right of my good pleasure senior knave who soon shall dangle on a hempen rope tis an ill answer savouring great pride but all injustice doth not win its end you would abuse your strength against a woman having no defence go arm yourself for heaven hath sent her one who will maintain her right and the saints help me felon then replied you shall pay dearly for those words of yours giving his squire the hawk without delay he donned his hauberk and his armour rich buckled his helm and seized his lance and shield when out he cried let that pert knave descend who wants to fight we soon shall see upon this very spot how he doth wield his arms sir geoffrey went to put his armour on and as he did so made to god his prayer crossed he the drawbridge without noise or vaunt while the fair lady and her vassals knelt and made this orison thou lord who didst thy hands upon the cross permit thy foes to nail and let an infidel pierce through thy side now grant to geoffrey strength to conquer felon the champions met within the verdant close where the hawk chased the cranes and when the giant did sir geoffrey see fiercely he cried hast thou thy senses fool to dare meet such as i i who could vanquish full a score like thee high vaunts like these sir geoffrey calmly said i hold as little worth for idle words are but as empty wind now list 
if thou wilt render back unto the dame who owns yon castle even the smallest thing thou hast unjustly filched from her away thou mayst depart without a scratch or wound fine bargain on my faith the giant said thou dost pretend to grant me thy good grace and i affirm i will not quit this spot till with this hand i've torn thee limb from limb now i no more can list pride blinds thy sense henceforth then beware of me and geoffrey at these words wheeled round his horse to give him a broad field when at full gallop he did rush at felon seeing him come the latter grasped his shield and flew to strike him with such dire shock both horse and knight were thrown but in the encounter geoffrey's steady lance had broken his shield and pierced the arm right through like lightning Dovon's son was on his feet his good sword firmly grasped mad with his wound felon came running up and loudly cried for heaven villain thy last hour is come and without mercy shall thy carcass swing it was his thought to pin him to the earth but geoffrey dealt his horse so true a blow it clean shaved off his head so both were now afoot and front to front with the same arms now we shall shortly learn which is the better knight felon all pale with foam upon his lips struck with his sword upon sir geoffrey's helm a blow so strong it pared the visor off the latter dealt him in his turn a stroke which made his shield-arm droop but such the force with which he gained this point his sword escaped his hand this felon seeing he his foot placed on so that the knight might not resume the blade then he assailed him with such strength fire flew from out his helm yield thee sir knight the giant fiercely cried since thou art now disarmed sir geoffrey answered not but raised his shield toward a blow that seemed intended to conclude the fight for felon's sword fell on it with such force it shivered it in bits and full two feet the blade struck in the earth quick as the lightning's flash the youthful knight darted to raise his own which when he held he turned again on felon he humbled in his pride exclaimed aloud mercy sir knight o mercy pray restrain thine hand and hold me at a ransom since you speak thus sir geoffrey made reply dragging the giant's sword from out the ground render yourself to her you have so oppressed as for myself no ransom do i wish saving yon hawk which chased erewhile the cranes felon then called about him all his knights who bore him to the castle there when the leech had bound his gaping wounds they laid him on a couch borne by two quiet steeds whilst the fair dames followed by numerous train led geoffrey back to where they brought him from End of chapter 10